Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, let's continue through the book of Titus, okay? We've been looking at the first chapter of Titus. I think we'll get to the end of it today if I talk quickly, right? If I don't repeat too much stuff. But don't ever forget this, that repetition is really the foundation for uh, learning things. And what we've been looking at here is uh, uh, Paul is giving Titus uh, the characteristics, the type of character someone who is an overseer or a bishop must have to be the leader within the body of Christ. And you remember these things, that the, the man must be above reproach. Uh, a one-woman man, the husband and one wife, in other words, he doesn't have a harem as a bunch of wives right now. His children have to believe. And uh, all this means that this is their pattern and practice of behavior and the direction they're in. doesn't mean that we're all perfect in things, okay? But we're desiring that. We're moving in sanctification and holiness. And so this person has to be not accused of rebellion or riot or anything like that. Uh, must be above approach. And that, that phrase is actually used twice here. Uh, and, and this second time in relationship to stewardship of God's resources that he gives personally and for the body, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, and not fond of sordid game. Uh, this individual must be hospitable, must love what is good, be sensible, just, devout, self-controlled. And then the, the big synopsis of all this, holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance, in accordance with teaching. Why? So he'll be able to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. And that's the end of verse 9. Then the balance of the chapter here actually speaks of uh, those who are rebellious men. He tells us why these overseers must be like this. Verse 10, he said, for there are many rebellious men. The overseer, the bishop, has a role and a responsibility of teaching sound doctrine, exhorting these rebellious men with sound doctrine, and refuting those who contradict. So th these rebellious men were described to us that they're empty talkers, they're deceivers, especially of the circumcision. In other words, he's saying especially those of the Jewish background. And he said these must be silenced because they're upsetting whole families. And you see that they're actually in the midst of the, the body of Christ, the true organism of the body of Christ. These folks are there with them. Now, are, are they saved? Are they unsaved? I think we'll see. We've seen examples all the way through here uh, so far. And we'll see more to where they may actually be saved, but they're just uh, doing things in a wrong way. More than likely, they're not saved. Okay? They're not saved. And they're just trying to get their foot in the door over something. Now, watch this. He says these folks must be silenced because they're upsetting the entire families. Verse 11, teaching things that sh they should not teach for the sake of of sordid gain. So what's their motivation? It's all about the money, man. <laughs> you know, it's all about what they can gain to themselves, whether it's resources, whether it's power, whatever it may be. It's all for sordid gain. Now, verse 12 of chapter one of Titus, one of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, Lazy gluttons. That's a quote from one of their own. Well, that's rather rude, isn't it? Uh, so in verse 12, let me read that again. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Now what Paul's doing, he's actually quoting 
a, a Cretan poet named Epimenides, okay? And he said this. Paul quoted pagan writers from time to time. He uh, uh, quoted uh, Eratus over in Acts 17, quoted Menander in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And so he would bring in these quotes that people would have known. What's interesting about this, one of them selves, a prophet of their own. I'm not sure if he's saying that this uh, Cretan poet Epimenides is a prophet or if one of the prophets of these rebellious men that he's talking about quoted him and said that. That's what I'm more inclined to think. But either way, it says Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. That's the quote. Well, that's a great combination. Liar, evil beast, and lazy gluttons. What's Paul's response to that? Verse 13, the very next line. This testimony is true. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. What do you mean this testimony is true? Well, the Cretans were generally known to be liars. They're known to be beastly, lazy, gluttonous. Okay, That was part of their thing, even to such a degree that the Greeks actually had a word that developed out of that, uh, to uh, cretize. Okay, cretize. And it's a verb, cretizean, which literally means to lie and to cheat. The same thing happened with the uh, Corinthians. Corinthians were known for their uh, sexual ex escapades and sins. And to say that someone was acting as a Corinthian, oh, my. You might as well say that you're acting as someone who lives in San Francisco. You know, it communicated certain things. What Paul was saying is what their prophet said in quoting this poet or what the poet said, and literally 500 years before this, is true. The Cretans are liars. They are evil beasts. They are lazy gluttons. Verse 13, for this testimony is true. Now listen, for this reason, for what reason? For the reason that they're liars and evil beasts and lazy gluttons. For this reason, reprove them severely so that they may be sound in the faith, not paying attention to Jewish myths and commandments of men who turn away from the truth. So what he's saying is, you know, because of their background, and it looks like these right here are actually ones who are saved because he says, do what? Reprove them severely so that they may be sound in the faith. There would be a tendency to go back to that line pattern, that evil pattern, that lazy glutton pattern. Let me tell you what, folks. Think about this. <laughs> this, this is not that unusual today. I hear it all the time among those who profess to be believers, and I want to believe they are believers because they say they are believers, this and that. But when they talk, they just create things. I've mentioned this several times before. They just make up things. And, uh, you know, you think, well, what is it? I, I hear it from, uh, uh, from teachers. I hear it from the pulpits, okay, where people are just sitting there, and it's sort of like, well, that's just spiritual ministerial hyperbole. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. Now, I'm not talking about the misspeaking, okay? I'm not talking about conflating things. Oh, my, I'm, I'm the greatest sinner of that, of taking two separate things from two separate accounts and thinking they happen at the same time, conflating it. I'm not talking about those type of things. I'm just talking about the kind of thing where somebody is lying and somebody's saying something just to look grand, just to sound grand, just to look like they know what they're doing. And he says, no, you don't do this. They need to be reproved to where they will not get caught up this, where they'll be sound into faith. And, you know, evil, we know what evil is. We know what lazy gluttons are. And that lazy glutton thing sort of carries the evidence of itself. You know, we can see the pattern and practice of people's lifestyles. Okay. We can see that kind of thing. And, uh, 
and you know, someone can't deny if they be a glutton. Now, quite often, and usually glutton is associated with excess of something, excess food and drink. I think you can be gluttonous and everything, other things too. You can be gluttonous in uh, uh, your wardrobe. You can be gluttonous in uh, the things that you seek to attain in life. But generally speaking, it's speaking of food and of drink. So he's saying this, reprove these folks that they may be sound in their faith and tell them don't give pay attention to Jewish myths and the commandments of men who turn away from the truth. See, there were men seeking to lead them away from the truth. They were getting really, really enamored with Jewish myths. Now, there's things that are Jewish truths. Right now, uh, in a, a Bible study, we're doing the uh, book of Jude. And we're actually bringing in Jewish writings because the Lord used Jewish writings. In Jude and Second Peter, uh, both of those authors quoted First Enoch. Well, that was part of the Jewish writings. It's not canonical. The Assumption of Moses is not canonical, but it's there. Uh, the book of Jubilees. The book of Asher. Uh, there's several books that are mentioned uh, in th throughout the whole Bible that the Lord references. There's a difference between those that the Lord is saying, okay, yeah, this element, this point right here, this is true. There's a difference between that and Jewish myths. Okay, myths. And so these folks were getting caught up in these Jewish myths. They're getting caught up with the commandments of men. And these commandments of men were turning them away from the truth. Paul is telling Titus, you need to do this. Reprove them severely so that they may be sound in the faith. Folks, we need that today. Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you soon. Goodbye.